Welcome to the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 Fancast, where a steampunk girl, a lifelong sci-fi fan, and a rocket scientist chat about the popular 2009 sci-fi series. There's never a dull moment with the agents dedicated to protect humankind from unexplained phenomena that manifest their powers in special objects. And there's all those friendships and relationships along the way. Grab a cookie while you can. Hope you don't smell fudge. Gear up with your Farnsworth Tesla and neutralizer. And let's have some fun by snagging it, bagging it, and tagging it. Welcome back to Artie's Attic. We're a Warehouse 13 fan cast. I'm the Warehouse 13 janitor, currently knee-deep in Salinger inventory scan results. My name is SP. And introducing Artie's Attic lead agent and historian who wishes she could have been the one to fire the Sherman tank's main gun in 1944, it's Agent Shannon. What's up, guys? And also joining us is the warehouse agent who loves the movie classics unlimited channel. It's Agent Carol. That's that's valid. I do like movies, even classic ones. Sometimes yeah. And do you ever just like watch our facial expressions when we're wondering what you're going to come up with next? I'm like, I always what? do. I'm like, what? what the hell did that just come from? Well, you're like, I'm like oh, that was a that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was like, ah, yeah. We are continuing our discussion today of the episode that premiered on July 20th, 2010, three years before CBS All Access or 11 years before Paramount Plus rebrand, nine years before Disney Plus premiered nine years before apple tv plus premiered 10 years before peacock and 10 years before hbo max launched i'm referring to the warehouse 13 season two third episode beyond our control in six months after i had michaela that makes me feel old i am old okay so the imdb (laughs) description for the episode reads for the first time residents of unaville Warehouse 13's hometown began experiencing bizarre and increasingly powerful events leading to the discovery that a dangerous artifact is loose in their own backyard. Shannon, how'd you like the episode? I think it's a good chiller. It's not one of my favorites. It's it's okay. Is it like the good filling? Like, you know, like not like a feeling cream? a filler. It fill it fills in. It fills in the gap. So like I don't like Valdez at all? I think in this like no, this isn't the first time we've seen him. Yeah. So I'm at the cafe. No, this is the second time. Yeah, I like to have a continuation to tell you what's going on with Lena and the Pearl, but you get to really see it that he doesn't really care about his agency. This is the bottom line, you know. He seems to always play that kind of character, though, like the Even character that you just love yeah. to hate. You just yeah. you he just gets under your skin, and you're like, he's just a cheeky little bastard, right? <laughs> yes. He seems to, he plays that character well. I like that we introduced to some characters for the first time. We see Todd. Yes. He's such a cutie. Which Claudia's boyfriend. It's not one that I go to all the time. I mean, it's, like I said, it's a fill-in. I think, and I can't remember what the next episodes are, but I think it's one of those things where you have, we've already had one and two. This was number third, right? This is the third episode. So yep. maybe you like the fourth 
fifth one down, you'll get better. Carolyn, did you recognize Taka? I Taka. Well, first of all, she plays a scary character in this one. Was she? I recognized her, but you know, you watch so many sci-fi shows. I'm like, wait, which one was she from? Who was? Ta- I almost looked her up, but I di- didn't. She's been at a bunch, but the thing that I recognized her the most from was she was the Martian admiral at the beginning, or captain, at the beginning of the Expanse. Expanse. All right, I thought that's what you were going to say. Taka was the one that came in with, what's his face, Valdez, Valdi, what is his name? Valda. Oh, the, 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 the the therapist, whatever. She was the one that came in with him to examine Lena and see what, yeah. why she was having the headaches and stuff. Soon as, as I was trying to think of it and her face was super familiar. And then as soon as you were getting to the, like, the Admiral, the Martians, I was like, Oh, the expanse. Definitely. And of course she lost the first ship. It was the opening salvo for the expanse. Yeah. It was pretty much the episode that close quarter battles CQB was where I bought into the expanse. And she was a big part of that. So that was cool seeing here there. I never made it past the first season of that. It was the fourth episode that she was in. It gets, it gets really good after this first, first season. Once you get past the first season, it's kind of like the first season of Star Trek next generation. You need it for the world building and you need it to know what's going on. You gotta have it so you can know what Q is. But other than that, that's some horrible costumes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, that was horrible costumes. But I mean, the first season of The Expanse sets up everything. And then once you get past it, it gets really good. I mean, come on. The first couple seasons, first two, three seasons of, of TNG, where Deanna has like a whole phallic symbol on her head. Yeah, yes. you'll never look at it the same, believe me. Oh, I won't. <laughs> since <laughs> and I you said that. <laughs> Ever since you said it the first time, I'm like, I cannot unsee that. You can't. That's what it is. I'm like, come on. It was just horrible. I can't unsee it. I saw that you said that. And I was like, I can't unsee that. You want to like, Ling. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we also get our introduction to Dr. Kelly Hernandez, the vet who has surprising interest in Pete. They both have surprising interest in each other. Like, oh, and did you notice that there were Twizzlers on her counter? No, I didn't. I didn't see that. I noticed that the second time I watched it, I was like, hey, there's Twizzlers, like a big container of Twizzlers on her counter. I was like, I wonder if Micah like kept taking a bunch of those or oh, but yeah, yeah, she I totally noticed those two. And Pete kept calling her Kelly all the time. Kelly, 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 like, Dr. like they were on a first name basis. Like, how did that happen? Isn't it, with the, I mean, it wasn't it the first time they met each other. Yeah, so when Pete and Micah were walking down the street the first time and she's peering out the window, you see her peer in and then boom, yeah. her forehead. She hit the forehead. Down. Her forehead yep. Yeah, they got the whole sexual tension happening over the whole, the whole love-hate relationship so far. Yeah, they act like an old married couple already and they just, in theory, just met. I like that her name is Kelly and I wish Pete would have sung the Kelly song. Okay. Yeah, from the Cheers. Kelly, 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 Kelly. You know, that oh, one. Oh, wow, that's a pull from a while ago. You never watched Cheers? I have. I have watched Cheers, but I didn't remember that song. Yeah, Woody's Kelly song. Uh, but maybe I was like under 10. <laughs> oh! <geez>. oh. <laughs> Ouch! 
Well, let's just run right over <laughs> On that, that note. one. <laughs> <laughs> Not only are your little coughs and sneeze so cute because there's a pew, 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 but you're also blushing and it's so cute and you blush. <laughs> Sorry, I am recovering from having a really bad cold last it's, week. So, so for our viewers or our listeners it's you know one episode to the other but it's been like six or seven weeks since we recorded and a bunch of stuff has happened including carolyn and i getting very very sick and we're just getting over it now but i think i'm getting yep. too. and you became a grandpa for the first time yeah <laughs> grandpa yeah Yay, congratulations yeah i survived Cute little baby i made it past my yeah. woohoo my um, one year mark one year mark yeah i didn't we're have to fly down there this time I didn't fly down there last time, but I offered. <laughs> I threatened. <laughs> I do remember you offering. Like I, I wasn't bad at it, but I would remember if you had came down here. I figured time. somebody had to take care of the girls. I don't know why I was volunteering to do it after meeting them. They're a handful, but you know, I was volunteering. They're totally a handful. <laughs> totally a handful. But they're but, but they're manageable as long as you feed them some Mexican pizza or something. Not yeah. after midnight, though. As long as you after midnight. <laughs> the gremlin. As long as you've got Burger King, you'll be good, right? Or Mexican pizza from Taco Bell. Michaela could be bought. Totally. Good enough. Noted. Well, we had some artifacts this time around. We had the Project Gemini item 186A and 186B. Correct. Interesting. I mean, able to present 3D objects that look real and actually become real. And that's why you get the tank explosion and stuff, which closes the project down. And then the items get transported to the warehouse. I've often wondered how the items get actually transported. We've often seen the crew actually bring the objects back with them. In this case, it didn't happen. There probably was a procedural change at some point in time because stuff got lost. I like how Claudia asked, do we have a dock? Do we have a warehouse? Do we have a dock in the warehouse? Yeah. Good question. We actually have a loading dock. That's a good question. Maybe it's on that side door that we saw in season one. We also. Mm learn a bunch in this episode the barber pole which is the early warning system in mm-hmm. unavil we also learn that it's called unavil because probably between season one and season two a bunch of people are probably pronouncing it univil or whatever so the producers are like nope we got to change that it's unavil for unincorporated yes. yep unincorporated <laughs> and they lost their post office in this one but of course the the woman from the post office was she's the one i told you she looks like jewel state yeah. An older Jewel State. An older yeah. version of Jewel State, yeah. She likes good movies. Uh, yeah, she loves movies. And I love that she was wearing a Snuggie. When you see her in her I house, she that. was wearing a Snuggie. Like a I'm blanket, like, that's yeah. awesome. Well, when you live in South Dakota, you gotta have a Snuggie. It gets cold up there in the winter. Well, that and uh, on her pension, she didn't have any money. So all she could afford to do popcorn. was watch movies and eat popcorn. And her microwave usage interfered with the her new flat screen TV, which was the projector that was from Project Gemini and was causing everything to come to life. So I like how that we learned that the agents have really discovered now why everyone in town hates them because they're yeah. undercover. Is supposed to be that they're you, the IRS agents. They're storing every single tax record in the entire United States. You know. There are actual warehouses out there that are storing all this stuff. 
from the IRS. If you mail in a paper really? copy, it is stored in the IRS. There are several warehouses across the United States to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's believable that they are. And if you have a big IRS warehouse in town, you're going to hate it. You're going to hate the people that work there, too. That's yes. why everybody it's never nice to Pete. Even though we try so hard to talk to people and help them out. <laughs> also, why is it that uh, why is it that Micah is the only one with a cell phone? She hands him her cell phone. Why doesn't he have his own? Because he's got the Farnsworth, I guess. I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. So it only issued one per person kind of thing. I think is that the, that's what was happening, right? Although, you guys remember this was usually on like one person had the gun and one person had the tesla right but in this case they both had their guns yes oh but micah did have a tesla when they were in the warehouse or when they were in the hardware store because she was going to shoot the gladiator with a tesla right so she did have a tesla but then later on they both had just a gun isn't it funny how pete saves the day again because only because he knows the movies that's playing (laughs) what a dork we all need books. Well, Claudia in our life. knew him too. Yeah, only fifteen more lines of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> we have about a three-minute dialogue, so good. So we have time. Just hopefully, nobody fast-forwards through the commercials. <laughs> I'm surprised they called it dialogue and not monologue because that villain was totally monologuing. He was monologuing. I don't know the difference. Probably because most people wouldn't really notice the difference. Me. I don't know the difference. It's a trope that the bad guys always reveal all their plans or whatever before it happens. And it gives you time to either know what's going on or time for the hero to countermand them. So that's monologuing. So if you catch somebody monologuing, you know, it's either for explanation or it's giving time for action to happen. Okay. It's a trope. Yes. It's just a trope. I'm surprised that you didn't know about monologuing with all the TV that you've watched over the years. Well, she probably seen it. She just didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we also have the Lena storyline going on, too, where yeah. she has remnants. Yeah. Remnants of the dude. McPherson. McPherson. McPherson in her, and they have to pull it out. That's not easy for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> I have, you know, I I completely convinced you. you say things like that on purpose. I am too. I'm a rocket scientist, you know. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> we have big rockets. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Stand up. Let's stand up and projectiles. Yeah, big projectiles. <laughs> stand up and fire. They're only good for a couple of minutes, though. If that much. And then they peter out. But <laughs> <laughs> we just need to get that giggle out, didn't we? Well, you got the am- and the amber sphere, right? Which looks like a, a lighted bowling ball or a mm-hmm. wizard ball, whatever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. There's that, and then we see the pearl again, and they have to go through the thing. I don't know if it was entirely necessary, so here's where I I will agree with Shannon in that it was definitely filler, because I'm not sure you needed to have that at this point. You didn't need it. It just, I think it was just a closing 
an open storyline because they never really answered. Okay, so they've got the pearl of wisdom out of Lena's ear. Is she having an, you know, what's happened with her since then? Has she remembered anything else? Has she been having repercussions from it? Nightmares. So, I mean, what what was it? They pulled, it was McPherson still talking through her, right? Yeah. Yeah, they called them echoes. Echoes of him in her head. But did they gather any more information from it? No, because it was just echoes. So there wasn't, like, she couldn't find any plans, at least from what I could tell. She couldn't find any plans. But she sketched the headphones-looking sketch. Yeah, what was that? That was an echo. Of what, though? So uh, an echo of what she's seeing? See, I don't know. The whole thing, to me, it was unnecessary. But if you're going to make something... And make it where it's believable. I mean, although if you if you're if you're sketching something, does that mean something she's seeing from that echo? Is something she's seeing, or she's just remembering it, or is she it was person talking through her mind, or what? They didn't yeah. make it clear. Although no, we did, we did find that uh, Taka was there and to uh, to guide her through these things. However, Mrs. Frederick was like, "No, she's out of her depth." I need to do this to make sure that Lena survives. So we find out that Mrs. Frederick is a lot more experienced at things than Taka is, apparently. Because she's connected to the warehouse, because she's the caretaker, and because Lena is part of being the caretaker's I guess responsibility is what I'm looking for. You know, it's one of her people. So I don't think that she trusts Valdez anymore. Than that I would because oh, clearly yeah. he's not in it for. He's like it's okay, it's okay. Can't you know, one proceed carefully. <laughs> you know, one one life is worth you know hundreds of them. He doesn't care what happens, Lena. Yeah, proceed carefully. <laughs> so in the episode, Claudia calls Todd a wonder twin, and the actress mm-hmm. who plays Claudia, Allison played Jaina, one of the Wonder Twins in Smallville. Really? I never watched Smallville. I, never, I don't remember seeing her on Smallville. It was one episode, season nine, episode eight. You know, there were so many of them. No so. wonder I didn't remember that. I don't know. Smallville. I know she was on Drake and Josh. Or is it Josh and Drake? I think it's Josh and Drake, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I do know that Pete revealed that he was a Marine. I did, too. I like uh, Cla- uh, Micah was like, how long were you a Marine? She's, he's like, I I'm still am a Marine. You're always a Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. That's yep. very true. I don't mess with those guys. They're, they're a little, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> but yeah, we did. Although it was funny. When uh, she was talking, he was talking to Kelly, the vet. Oh, your grandpa was a Marine. I was a Marine. Well, my grandpa was a terrible person and he tortured his grandkids. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> oh. Ro-ro. He's probably just yeah. having fun. Mike is like, you're not going to win with that one. Keep going. Yeah. Move on. You're like, hmm. And then she says, who's your supervisor? And he starts spelling out Uncle Sam. She's like, oh, isn't he cute? He can spell Uncle Sam. It's time for a lunch break. Yes. 
Michael. Micah was looking rather good in this episode. We didn't have Jamie in the episode, so sorry for that, Shannon. Yeah, she comes later. There was mention of H.G. Wells, but there was no H.G. Wells. Yes. One of the funny lines that was in there, too, after they uh, after they all met at the barber pole and uh, Artie scanned it and says, uh-oh, well, that's the bad news. If it turns purple, that means that there's an artifact in town. It's one of the warning signs for place towns that are, you know, house the warehouse. And uh, he says, well, I'm going to use the uh, SIS to go search the warehouse to see what's missing. And Pete's like, SIS? And then Claudia says what SIS is, which was, what what was it called? The Salinger Salinger. Inventory Scan. That's what you said at the beginning of the, yeah. And Pete's like, the what? And then Claudia's like, RTFM. And then Pete's like, Uh, RTFM? (laughs) Read the manual. Read the manual. Yeah. He should have known that as a Marine, RTFM or RTFQ. It's very, very military. So he would have known. Yeah. And then uh, Claudia and uh, Micah gave each other high fives on RTFM. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, they had to get him. But he never reads it. Like, through the entire series, he never reads it. No, he's waiting for the movie. He's waiting for Micah to do it all for him. Because she's read it front and backwards and has photographic memory. So is Claudia. I thought it was kind of funny. I mean, as much as I love my show, you had those cheesy moments where she's like, oh, yeah, I remember. Put this there and that there. I'm like, that's not how that works. But okay. No, any of this works. That's what I was thinking, too. None of that. I'm like, you're going to have to replace the circuit board. They didn't have to replug things back in. And all of it's wired and fried and just gut it and start over. Can we not this? I'm thinking of myself, my job. I'm like, can we just order a whole new part? That's what we need. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, but this was created in 1944. There was no circuit board. It was just an analog stuff. Right. So mm-hmm. it was plug and play. Yeah, but That's the true. stuff that was being plugged and played was like burnt out and black. I mean, you couldn't just you just shake it off. Chapel. You know, just just take a can of off. air and blow it in there and get all the crap out and just put in new ones. It's fine. It's all fine. Oh, let me tell you something. One time I opened an ATM and I I used one of those cans and I. I blew on a on an egg sac, a spider egg sac. Oh no! And I didn't realize there was so much stuff in it, and they came out everywhere at me, and I could not get away quick enough from the machine. Blech. And they were, Blech. and I thought, I mean, I had my screwdriver right, and they managed to go up the screwdriver on my arm. I'm like, ah, oh, so sorry. I'm like taking the the the, the can of air, and I'm blowing it off my arms. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> so much. That's no. a whole lot of no. Ooh, it makes my skin crawl. Eee. I had so many spiders. Or like in the no. dead of winter, like right, right now when it's cold outside. One time, I went to open the hatch of an ATM and this, this gecko, which I'm not afraid of geckos. I like them, right? But this thing was so fat that it made a thump when it hit the ground. Oh, <laughs> really? So it was literally eating money? No. It was, uh, it was, uh, no, it wasn't down into money. It was just... He Same probably was eating all the computers. spider egg sacs. <laughs> it should have been doing a little bit more of that, yes. <laughs> a little bit more. A little fat and happy gecko. Yeah. Plop. This episode was directed by Constantine Macros, who's the same director as last episode. He's an award-winning director. I didn't... 
I think they had fun with this episode, but it wasn't a piece of work at all. Yeah. That's what I meant by it's a filler. It's it's not to me. It's not the best one that they've had. It is just a fun fill in gap from the beginning of the season to get to the meat of the season. Because, like you said, Jamie, Jamie's going to be further on into season two. You'll see Jamie again. I mean, they did have some fun one liners. Yeah. yeah. And it was written by David Simpkins. This was the last of five episodes that he did. He did the pilot too. Mm. And he did three other episodes in season one. This was the last episode he did beyond our control. So he was experienced with the characters, probably just having fun. And then I don't know what happened, but you never see him again. He also wrote adventures in babysitting. We talked about that before mm -hmm. and several other things. Maybe he went on to other things. He did a couple of things that I have on his list here, right in front of me is human target and powers. So he did go on to other things, but I don't know. I don't know what those are. Human target. Human Target is actually a comic book character. It was I forget if it was on USA or TBS or something like that. Mm. Uh, basically, USA. it's somebody that becomes who the target is. So you are the target of whatever danger is coming at you, whatever. Okay. It wasn't really presented as a comic book hero, but that's the origin of the character's comic book. And then Powers. Like DC Powers, I think that's what that was. So, David Simpkins did a lot of comic book stuff. He also wrote six episodes of Charmed, three episodes of Roswell, so did other things as well. I liked watching Charmed, the original version. The original one, yeah, the new one sucked. Yeah, I just specify the, the, the original. <laughs> have the original girls, because everything else sucked balls. I did like the fact that Claudia was messing around with both the Farnsworth and the Tesla. Yes. <laughs> Time to pimp you out. <laughs> Nari's like, don't touch. Why are these instructions on the on the table? Oh, Claudia's just looking at her. She's trying to, you know, what did Lena call it? Tweak out her Farnsworth. Yep. I'll pick those up right away. <laughs> Not supposed to have those out. I feel for everybody watching the movie classics on limited channel because their <laughs> ending of their movie was ruined by seeing Art. Yes, the ending of the monologue before he hits the button is just Artie's face. <laughs> A gigantic Artie's face. Yep. Didn't he turn around to laugh at that? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was yes. uh, oh, hey, uh, it's me. Yeah, that, but at first he said, no, don't point it at me. I haven't been benign since 1956. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like I said before, it was a good filler. It's not. It's never going to be one that I go to and watch. Like I didn't have to watch the whole thing this time around to know what's going on in it. It'd probably be a long time before I go back to it. What's the episode we have next? Well, the episode we have next is called "Age Before Beauty." That's you want the a good one? IMDb or the Amazon description? Amazon. Okay. When young supermodels rapidly age 50 years overnight, Pete and Micah go undercover in the glam world of high fashion to discover who and what is behind the transformations. I think that's the one Law wanted to be here for to talk about when Maybe. I was listening to the last episode. That's a good episode. I like that because you get to see some character development and some 
between Pete and Micah in that one, you get to see some trust because it's Micah that has to go into cover. It's really good. She looks really pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Carolyn, did you have a favorite part of the episode? I mean, there was a lot of parts of these, uh, that of this, that was funny. Like when Micah and Pete, where were they? They're on the screen. Post office. <laughs> what? Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> they were, Oh, I think they were trying to go and see one of the people. And then they saw a tumbleweed go through the, go through yeah. the, uh, did you see that road? And then they're like, did you see that? And then there's this showdown and Pete's like, that's one of the best lines where it was, let's see. Oh, yeah. The only thing you're getting today is a coffin or something like that. And, uh, you know, this gunfight breaks out. And uh, as soon as they disappear, Micah gets up. Are you shot? Are you hit? Are you hit? He says, no, but I think my underwear are shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going. I like he's like he's like. Oh yeah, that's a really good line. That's a really, yeah, that's that's a a really good line. line. That's yeah. a great line. Save the girl. <laughs> I like the fact that Claudia or Allison rolls up in an El Camino. Yeah, with her with the sound like pounding out of the El Camino too. El Camino. Yeah. Uh, another part that was funny was uh you know they're they're walking through the alley and their Farnsworth goes fuzzy again because it's making all these noises and they think claudia did it and uh pete's like do you think these things are still covered under warranty and micah says i don't think they cover acts of claudia <laughs> I, mean, I don't remember that i guess i skipped over that part so question because i didn't watch to the very end i fell asleep in it is this the episode where he gets his trunk or has he already got his trunk he has not gotten his trunk yet he was supposed to pick it up today that day Except for that's when they closed the post office and everything got shipped out, possibly to a post office that's 90 miles away. Featherhead, yeah. Featherhead, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and apparently we learned that in 2009, so it's different time, but back in, t- well, 2010. Back in 2010, having a flat screen is how you get all the women into your room. To eat popcorn, of course. <laughs> That's what they were calling it back then. Instead of Netflix and chill, it's to eat popcorn. I mean, Artie went up there with the popcorn, too. So I don't know. I mean. Eh, fair. (laughs) Did you notice that on the post office, the uh, poster that's on the wall of most post offices of the president, who was the president at the time, the president at the time was Barack Obama. He was on the wall. I noticed that. I thought that was fun. As far as food goes in this episode, no, uh, cookies. no cookies. There were no cookies. However, there was Twizzlers sitting on the counter and there was popcorn. And that was the only food in this one that I noticed. So that was the food. There were no cookies. There wasn't even mention of cookies. There was there just busy popcorn. Chasing cowboys and Indians and gladiators. 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 <laughs> you almost got your Marines. What happens? You almost got your ass kicked by a gladiator. <laughs> Oh, good. I thought I got my ass kicked by a gladiator. Bump. <laughs> yeah. So. I liked his line. Spartacus, here, boy. <laughs> so, Carolyn, it's been a few weeks. Did we happen to get any feedback? We did. We actually did get 
a couple of them. We'll read one today. This one we got on actually December 1st. I'm glad you remember this far back because <laughs> I actually remembered this last night. Like brain injury. I was like going through my email and I'm like, wait, we have email. We need to remember to get to the email because this came in on December 1st. So it's been like a month. And as soon as it came in, Shannon texted us and said, did you guys get this? Did you guys get this? Yeah. Did I text you? <laughs> yeah, you did. See, like, you did. I should not yeah. be in charge of this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I should not be in charge of this. That's I right. cannot forward it. And then I remember. <laughs> I'm glad I, I'm glad I sent it to you because otherwise it I would have forgot all about it because you know, I, I got you. I got brain you. injury, I, brain injury, yeah. stroke victim. Yep. <laughs> Aneurysm. <laughs> all of it all together. Um, the email was from Drew Kennedy on December 1st, and it, in the subject line, it says, since y'all are begging for feedback, the email uh-huh. says, I really enjoy I the podcast. You do beg. Yeah, you I do. did beg. Yeah, you, you did. I mean, we have to, stu- yeah, oh, I'll stoop to begging. It's fine. It worked. We got it. I don't in we want Please more somebody email. tell us that we're doing great. Please somebody come on here and talk to us because <laughs> we're lonely over here. This one said, I really enjoy the podcast primarily due to the dynamic of the hosts and y'all's passion. I have enjoyed the last few episodes with one of y'all's kids. So mm-hmm. that was very nice of you. Thank you very much, Drew. We appreciate yeah. you. For the record, it was Shannon's kids. One <laughs> of my kids. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For and the we record, are very it is dedicated. Kids. One of my munchkins. We are very dedicated because this is my favorite show ever. So. Dynamic. dynamic, dynamic. We're dynamic and passionate. Well, that's what I'm saying. We like because our... we're dedicated. Yes, yes. So, plus we have a lot of fun. I li- exactly. I like other shows, but nothing's ever going to be above Warehouse of Teen. Strong <laughs> words. Look, there's a lot of things I love. I love Defiance. I love Firefly. I love Stargate. But it doesn't have the history and sci-fi together that you love. It doesn't have the steampunk. That's the that's the combination. That's the sweet spot. That's the sweet spot because I <laughs> love history and I love sci-fi and I love steampunk, which is normally with the mixture of the two. And there is so many steampunk gadgets all over Artie's office that this is always going to be it's a history lesson of the week for me. That I like it. That is normally rooted and based out of off of real people. Remind me next time to show you my new lighter. It's a trench lighter. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. That lighter What's is amazing. amazing. Well, in World War One, there was a lot of trench warfare in Europe, you know, and it was in the middle of the winter and the soldiers wanted to keep warm. So they used what became called trench lighters. So they could warm up their hands because you kind of need your hands to fire your weapon. I don't know if you kind realize this. Yeah. So a they would use these lighters to keep their hands warm and not be seen by the enemy because it wasn't a big fighter. It was just a, a little lighter. Yeah, I've got one that kind of looks steampunky from back then. I'll show it next time to you. Yeah, it looks really cool. You should send her the picture. I just like the aesthetics of it. Yeah, there, there's lots really of cool. shows out there that that I love to watch, but Warehouse of Teen is always my number one go to. Always. Yeah, it uh, it did crack me up when uh, Claudia was wanting to pimp out her Farnsworth, and 
<laughs> Marty comes and finds her. And she's like, well, it needs emails and it needs text messages. He's like, it can't be hacked, cracked or anything else. And you don't mess with perfection. She's like, but she's like, he says, you can give it back to me. She's like, no, 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 no. I'm living with it. It's fine. It was funny that she brought up the different colors because the iPhone's different colors or Android different colors didn't exist back then. But just a few years later, different colors. Isn't that cool how they do that? Yeah, just a few years later, different colored smartphones came out. Although hers was a different color. Hers is more black. The other two's are more brown. So hers is a different color. Because hers is the master. Hers is was from Milo Fonsworth. Mm-hmm. It's just so comical. You don't mess with perfection. How she opened it up and then immediately stuff started happening. I, I don't blame Artie for saying you did this at ten thirty, and that. other things started to happen at ten thirty. I like how Micah had it regular. Okay, we're not saying if if she did it. I like how Micah always has to step in and be the mom. Theoretically, I'm working children. with children. Well, no, the way Micah said it, she was like, "I believe I don't believe in coincidences either. I think this is related." But, but just as an outlier, let's do, let's red team this and let's say that it didn't happen and there's something else afoot, which is a reasonable assumption to make when you're it's dealing with my artifacts. Girl's brilliant. Uh, well, she didn't also, know. She's brilliant. Yeah. She's well, brilliant, so no, she but is, she didn't know that there yeah. was... Okay. Not- I just want you to hear you say she's brilliant. That's all. <laughs> she's a lot of other things, too. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I also did like uh, that uh, Artie's like walking down in Warehouse and Claudia's like, I knew there was a Farnsworth Isle. He says, yes, and it's off limits to you. Don't, Don't touch. touch anything. If you need something... I will pick it up for you. So she's like, I need Point that. I need that. And I need that. He's like, that's a little vague. She's like, I need those two pieces. I love their, I <laughs> love their relationship. Like father and daughter. I, there's, um, in season four, I believe. Yeah. The season four, they're trying to reverse the world. I'll just leave it at that. Right. For those who haven't seen it, I can't imagine nobody's seen it, but I don't want to give away if they haven't. But he's trying to get into like a crypt to fit into it, like a like a small hole. And she's like, "Hey, Pooh Bear, you gonna let me in there? You know, like get out of the way. Let let me try it. Let me get in there." Yeah. And Michaela always remembers it on. Hey, Pooh Bear. Hey, Pooh Bear. Hey, Pooh Bear. The other the funny part was when they were breaking into the post office and Artie was picking the lock. Oh, and, can, I uh, can I do that? Can I do that? Can I do that? He's like, no. She's like, but I haven't done one in a long time. He's like, not long enough. <laughs> yeah, I like their father-daughter relationship. It's pretty cool. Or as they're driving up and uh, Claudia's like, where did you get your license? He says, can you drive a stick? Well, no. Well, and he peels off when they're going. It's a great deterrent. Theft deterrent now. The Millies, they can't drive sticks. Nor, the, nor could they read cursive. Apparently not. Yeah. No. That's one reason why I don't want to get rid of my vehicle. It, it's a manual. And Artie is the it. unprepared father. He is the father figure, but he is mm-hmm. totally unprepared. So this is something, <laughs> being the leader of the agents, the lead agent is something that he's, he's a good agent or an analyst, but he's not necessarily a leader. And that has to be brought out of him as well as being a father figure. So you're seeing him stumble over the whole thing. I think Sal does a great job. 
You know, it's yeah. almost like when you have those people that are so dedicated to their work and they're so great at doing it and they work many, many hours and never come home, they're good at their job, but they have no people skills, right? Yes. Because they're yeah. always at the social job. skills are lacking. They have no social, yeah. So, Artie has no social skills. He doesn't know what to do with himself. But he's really good at his job. So he tries. And yes, he does stumble over himself, but he still tries. Yeah, the funny part when they were in that Fonsworth aisle was like, She's about ready to touch the stuff on the other aisle. He says, don't touch that. That stuff is still alive. And it has this big radioactive symbol. And then uh, she's like, I didn't know that. And he's like, see what happens when you include the old guy. And he does this little, like, little dance. And she's like, are you having a stroke? <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I don't care. Touch it all. Touch it all. And he walks off. And she's like looking at it like, I can touch it all. I probably shouldn't do that. And she's like, wait, Artie. I'm telling you. Michaela, sh- Michaela would have done. This. She's done the same thing. Well, but can I just, just you know what? Fine, touch it. Go ahead. You go ahead. Let me know how that works out for you. Go ahead. <laughs> right. So, like, go ahead. Stick that fork in the in the socket. You only do it once. I promise you. Go ahead. <laughs> sit back. Sit back and watch this. Is this from personal experience? Did she actually yes, do that? There's <laughs> been there's been there's been things like like one time she put foil in the microwave. And it made oh, a spark. God. It didn't, I didn't get a flame, but it sparked. And it, I'm like, I just got through telling you not to do that. But I thought the little piece wouldn't matter. I'm like, a little piece, a big piece, it's the same. It's foil. Don't do that. Don't do that. And then, you know, she took it out and put it on a paper towel. And she put a cookie in for three minutes. No. And it should have been, it should have, yeah, I swear to you, next time she comes on here, it should have been like 30 seconds, and I told her 30 seconds. But it smelled, and she burnt a cookie in the microwave, had opened up both doors. It first, it smelled pretty good in here, but then, it, then the rest of it did not. It was just <laughs> like, it you know what? You yep. are banned from the microwave. Did, so she made a, a soulless cookie? She made a no! hockey puck, is what she did. <laughs> soulless cookie. Soulless. <laughs> I don't like Solus Bud, Solus French fries. Mm-hmm. Potatoes, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's all we have to say about this episode. If you <laughs> want to tell us what such great jobs we're doing, you can email us at <laughs> warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. That's warehouse, the number one three fancast at gmail.com. Shannon will get it and she will forward it to us. So we Otherwise, will have and then I'll read it. <laughs> and then I'll read it. I promise. I've got to forward it on to both of you because I won't remember. It just, you know, after them playing around in my head, I, I won't remember. It just, it's the way life is. We don't have any plans for any breaks coming up, but we are coming up on the flu and cold season. So if something happens, we might have to miss a week or so along the way. You two are already in the flu, flu and cold at the moment, right? Yeah, well, I, 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 I've been there, done that. I don't want any more. Yeah, I had COVID. I didn't know. I don't have the flu and I didn't have RSV. So those are two other possibilities to hit me. Anyway, next time we will be covering season two, episode four, Age Before Beauty. And we are looking forward to that. We might have a fourth with us, as we discussed earlier. So we'll just take that how it goes. Who wanted it? Michaela, right? Yep. Plotted. Law. Yeah, Law wanted to do it. I will see. Depends okay. on what kind of nerve she's bothering on me in that day. <laughs> That's valid. That's valid. Valid. 
Very valid. All right. So that's it for today. We'll see everybody. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining us for an episode of the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 Fancast. You can find all our episodes at warehouse13fancast.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can hit us up on our email at warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. We are a part of the Lone Wolf Podcast Network. You can hear more of this cast and other shows like it by checking out lonewolfpodcasts.com. The intro music is Sci-Fi Hybrid Intro by Soundmake, and the outro music is Science Fiction by tunes to go Both were purchased on Pond5.com. You ever had those nights where you fall asleep and you wake up in the exact same position you fell asleep in? Yep. Yes. That's what I did Wednesday night. Usually it's that. because I'm handcuffed to the bed. But Well, I guess you got to have priorities, right? <laughs>